So Saji Live has a wrestling school there in, in Dagestan. He owns it. You know, he's the operator of it. I was in charge of the coaches and like this kid wrestles for him. So like wrestles for like, this would be like, if you wrestle for young guns, you're like under Jody strip batter. Like this is kind of that relationship between the two. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back my time, I spent wrestling. If it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Changed My Life podcast. It's your host, Ryan Warner, coming to you from Chicago IL. Our guest today is another Illinois resident, Brian Medlin. We're here to recap the 2023 World Championships. Coach Medlin, as you know, is the head coach of the Illinois RTC, was in Serbia at the World Championships, boots on the ground for nine days straight, coaching Zane Richards as well as Zach Braunagel in the Greco Tournament. Enjoy this recap, folks. Before we get to it, Fan of the Week goes to our friend Chris Bruno. That's at Bruno Pittsburgh on Twitter or X. Living in West Philly, a fan of this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, Chris. We greatly appreciate it. And without further ado, folks, let's give it up for Brian Medlin. Just a quick pause from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back to this episode. This episode is brought to you by Cosmatch. I know how it is with wrestling clubs. You're constantly looking for new ways to pay for uniforms, travel expenses, and better training equipment. But fundraising can be a challenge, so don't go at it alone. Running a Cosmatch campaign can help you raise six times more than traditional boring fundraising events. That's money for you to spend so you can show off your new ankle lace. Go to www.cosmatch.com wrestling to schedule a demo and learn more. That's www.cosmatch.com wrestling. Let's get to work. Three months from now, you'll be happy you started today. Coach Brian Medlin, back from Serbia. How you doing, sir? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I think I'm. I think I'm like a Serbian national now. I'm not sure what the <laughs> how many days you got to be there, but I think I'm. I'm like close. So, how long were you good. gone for in total, including the acclimation uh, camp? It was over three weeks. I know that. I I, st- I kind of stopped counting. It just seemed like the <laughs> same day, <laughs> kind of over and over again. It was like Groundhog Day, just one into another, but. It was a it was an awesome experience. Wow! So 
we're going to talk. We're going to go weight by weight. We're going to talk about some of the weights. Um, and I know you you got a guy at 57, so we won't go as deeply there, but we'll we'll go into the rest of them. Um, but let's just kind of give us the the behind the scenes, right? For those of us who are getting up every morning at 3.30 watching, was an, was an awesome tournament to follow. One of the craziest freestyle tournaments that I've ever seen in terms of upsets. Um, but what was it like for you guys? Where was your first, when you left Champagne, when you left your front door, where'd you go from there? Uh, we went to Germany, Ramstein, Germany. Uh, it's an Air Force base. Um, it's it's amazing. The men's freestyle team went there, and then the other two teams, women's freestyle and Greco, went to Normandy, which would have been cool to go to Normandy. But um, they've been going to Ramstein for a while. I know Coach Zadig's got a got a relationship with the coach there, and, and a lot of the officers. It was it was awesome. Like I I can't I can't think of one thing they could have had that we didn't we didn't, you know, that we needed that we didn't have. So, um, yeah, yeah a wrestling I mean, room, team, like, are they yeah, rolled out for they, you? They, they threw out like mats in this gym, like really nice mats. And then, uh, you know, they had saunas all over the place. They had, you know, great food. Uh, you know, they, they even had this like cold tub that they put, it wasn't a cold tub, but they didn't have a cold tub. So they got a dunk tank, like one of those things you throw a ball at and they're like, put ice in it at night for these guys. So, Oh, I mean, it was like anything these guys wanted, this coach did. So, I mean, it was it was pretty awesome. So everybody got exactly kind of what they needed. And then we left for uh, for Serbia. I think we were there for like six days-ish, six, seven days, and then left for, for Serbia. And what do you – when you're there, is it like two workouts a day, or what's the schedule when you're in Germany? Oh, it's very personal, like to the to the athlete. You know, they have, they have across the board, they have different uh, – different people at different ages, you know, just what their personal coaches think they need. You know, the co- coach Zadik is really good about, you know, letting these guys, you know, work with just their personal coach and kind of taking advice from him. His leadership is, is amazing. You know, he's not a guy that's, that we're going to do it this way because this guy did it. It's like, everybody is going to optimize their own way. And, you know, he, he, he kind of, he kind of lets, he guides you if you need guidance, but at the same time, he lets everybody kind of work on their own. So, you know, I think, most guys kind of went for a couple of days, took a day off ish, and then uh, you know did that a couple of times. Wow, man! It'd just be cool to be, you know. I know deep down we're all wrestling fans, and you're in the room and you're like, "Shit, there's Kyle Dake warming up, there's Magic Man warming up, there's like it's all these great guys, and and Zane, you know, having an incredible year. He's in there, you know, getting ready to go right with these guys. So it, it's cool. Yeah, it was it was pretty awesome. If you're like a wrestling nerd. I know a couple of times we were walking into like the place and there'd just be a guy that was like a high school wrestler that was like, what the heck is going on? You know, like, why is David Taylor here and everybody else? So it was pretty cool to watch that. And and it was, there was one moment that was kind of special to me. It was, uh, they brought in the commander of like the um, special forces. He's like the guy that's over everybody. That's over the Marine special forces, the Navy SEALs, everybody's kind of their commander. And it was the last day. And he was talking about how these wrestlers inspire these military that are out there, you know, fighting and everything else. And I guess it's just a, you know, they make them proud to do their job, you know. And and I mean, we we look at it as like we're we're doing nothing, we're playing a game, and these guys are playing the game for real. And it's so inspiring that way. But it's kind of both ends, you know. When USA does well in something, I think the military is very proud of being in the U.S. and you know fighting for their country and everything else. So it was pretty cool listening to some of those things and he just he had a really simple like hey go fight and win you know go fight and and but win you know not just go fight so it was cool 
Get the I was going to ask you if any military guys were coming through and like giving you guys hugs and, you know, cause military and wrestling, like there's a lot of, a uh, lot of commonality there. So he was like, kind of like a, give you guys a little pep talk before you headed out. Yeah. It was like the last day, you know, it was, it was very surprising. He's a two-star general and, you know, just stopped in with a bunch of his commanders and like the Navy SEAL commander was there. And it was, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Like listening to these guys, knowing like, this is the toughest humans on planet earth standing here telling us, you know, we make them proud. And that was, that was really cool for me. Cause you, you were in the Marines for how long? Four years. Four years. Yeah. yeah. So that's, been, were you in yeah. any kind of special operations? No, no. I was just an infantry, just a basic guy. You know, there's a guy on the poster and I was like, all right, just how can I be that guy? You know, with all like the came eight and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah, it was, uh, knowing how tough those guys are. And that's the thing too, like just basic Marine infantry, I thought was pretty tough, but we'd have guys that were really tough going to the special forces and come back and not even make it. So, you know, they're the, they're the best of the best. So it's, it's, it's impressive. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the, the, I love this guy, Jocko Wilnick. He's a, you know, Navy SEAL guy. I'm sure you know him, but he's a, you know, through that, I've kind of learned about it. It's like, dude, that, that whole test is crazy. And that's just, the seals is one part of it, right? There's three, there's, you know, special operations for each unit. So, wow. So you're, so that's the kind of environment you're in. Then you get there. What's the, uh, what's the arena like the warm up area? What's the, what's the kind of setting? So you get to Serbia, we stay at the crown plaza. It's a really nice hotel. Um, you know, it's probably maybe eight minute walk, but Cody Blickley, and that's one person I want to, you know, make sure I kind of mention this guy, you know, he's amazing. He got there the day before we got there. I think he took some, like almost a hundred trips in his van from the hotel to the arena back and forth, just shuttling people all day. I mean, so like none of these guys even had to walk, you know, you walk out the front door and there's just Cody Blickley in a van and you know that guy, USA wrestling, just in general, they have, they have these amazing support staff that like no one really talks about because everybody, you know, they're not getting the glory. They're not in the big picture at the end, but uh, they're amazing. You know, their travel agent, you know, between him and their, their trainers and strength coaches were there and nutritionists and everybody else that were there. And I got to see them in freestyle. And then everybody just, I think assumes a lot of them leave, but they all stay through Greco. So, I mean, they're there for, for 12 days doing their job, you know, exemplary every single day for 12 days so pretty impressive so we would get there and you know he would shuttle us back to the warm-up area where they eventually weighed in the day of their competitions yeah it's like the it kind of reminds me of what everyone always said about illinois dominating at fargo like the organization was off the charts on top of the great wrestlers it sounds like usa wrestling which is awesome just organized to the t yeah yeah and their freestyle coach does a little more on top of you know, the men's freestyle, I wasn't involved with the women. I know, I know they do a great job too, but um, he does a lot of that on top of that, just even kind of micromanaging sometimes and things like that and just making sure everybody kind of knows where they need to be. So it's, it's, it's a machine, man. It's a machine. Dang. That's so it's good to know that's going on because it makes sense. I mean, team USA, obviously the, op, the most important thing is back-to-back world champs. I don't remember a time that's ever happened. If it's ever happened, I know we won in 95, 2017 last year and this year. Yeah. I can't, I can't say that it has, um, not a hundred percent, but I mean, this one was special because you don't want to think it is, but last year's has an asterisk because there was this one certain country that wasn't there. So, um, 
you know, it was pretty cool leading up to the event because you weren't sure if Russia was getting in, even to like the last day. You know, they you still didn't know if Sadakov was going to be in the bracket. I know they brought a guy named Sherman Valiev, who's their like number two guy, who's you know one of the best in the world. And they kept telling him like, "Hey, your Sadakov isn't cleared yet." And that was even on Friday. And I think wrestling was starting on Saturday. So um, it was really cool having Russia send their very best guys because I I feel like they sent their best guy at every single weight, and it wasn't you know another going to be asterisk type year, you know, where, yeah, you beat Russia, but they didn't have their best guys in. And if you took the scoring from, from the event and you put Russia in there, I know a lot of people were doing that, you know, we still beat them. So that was pretty cool. That's huge. And it's, yeah, I think for us to say we're team champs, if the um, AI in Russia would have won, not the same thing. And I, like you said, we still beat them straight up. And there's something about, the worlds before the Olympics, people come out of the woodwork for this tournament. It was just like one of the toughest tournaments you've ever been at physically. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there was a couple of brackets that, you know, I would say like that 57 bracket was crazy. 65 had a quarter of the bracket <laughs> was just, was just nuts. I mean, just like any guy you could see could win it, you know, at the same time. I mean, this was, you know, this was impressive. You know, I remember 2015 being pretty crazy too, you know, I felt like, but I, I feel like competition wise, there was a lot of guys that, that stuck around for this quad that maybe wouldn't have stuck around had it been like four years, but it was just like two and a half. So they stuck around. So I feel like this, this tournament um, really just was one of the toughest I've, I've ever seen with some of the best wrestling. Yeah. The, this, we're going to talk about the quarters in 65 because that's one of the things I wrote out. And then 74, the first round in 74 was crazy. Chaos. Uh, dude, it's just – and I was hearing some of the – I don't know if it was the announcers or maybe it was it was FRL, but they were – or someone else was saying like 74 kgs at the Russian Nationals next year is going to be absolute mayhem. Like by the between the guys going up from 70 and – you know, obviously Sadakov and they're supposed to, I don't know if it's supposed to be crazy or what, but let's get into the brackets here. So let's start at 61. Vito, you know, I, I'm saying wrestler of the year so far in America, like what he's been doing. Um, what are your thoughts on his performance and especially that finals? Yeah. So, I mean, looking at his bracket, he, uh, he was going to have a Kyrgyzstan guy in the semis, you ended up wrestling him. And that Kyrgyzstan guy was at the Bill Farrell, and I was able to watch him a little bit. Um, and he actually came to Champagne after it, so I knew how tough the guy was. He took he technically 10-0. Um, so going into that match, it's like okay, he has a winnable, easy, easy, easy. But then he's got this semi that's like okay, here's here's that test. Here's to see if it's the real thing. And he and he walked through, and I was like, man, that is I've never seen that guy get beat like that. So go into the finals and and he's got arguably Russia's like best lightweight, you know, I mean, you can't say he's the best cause there's a Goyev, but at the same time, like he's the guy that if he could be 57 naturally, he would be like the guy everyone talked about, like teched his way through junior worlds, teched his way through, you know, when it's at 61, he seems to maul everybody. And just, yeah, you know, that was, that was a great match. It was back and forth. And, you know, I felt like Vito had the advantage the almost the whole match. So yeah, I would say, it's hard to give wrestler of the year. You got David Taylor up there and doing his thing and everyone else. So, I mean, I, but he is very impressive, especially at 61. I feel like that's a natural weight for him. He still has to cut a little bit, but at the same time, he's not, you know, killing himself to get down to 57. So he still has got a lot of pop. So just thinks that that 57 weight, he's got to, he's got to lose some, 
lose some lose some of the body fat he doesn't have to get down there. So they need to add sixty one and seventy to the Olympics. Period. End of story. Like those are the prime weights in in combat sports. It's lunacy they're not in the Olympics. Yeah, it's crazy. And I mean, the thing was like they're like, well, we want to want to cut down. I think I heard something like on the amount of, amount of matches or amount of medals or whatever it is. But the way they run the tournament with like these single matches for semis, and then they didn't do both bronzes at the same time. Like I felt like, like every night was like, to, I mean, there was a couple nights where it was like 10 o'clock and fans are still there. You know, they've been there since, you know, pretty much 1030. There was a little bit of a break. So I, I, I honestly think they could, they just, they're going to have to do some things differently with the way they run the tournament. I'm not saying you put down 24 mats, like it's Fargo, but at the same time, like you got four mats, let's use all four mats and put two semis on at the same time, put two weight classes and kind of, you know, speed it up a little bit yeah you don't you're not staring at the same mat but i think that could be a way I, i'm not 100 percent, but yeah it's just there's too many good wrestlers to shove them into you know six weights and i'm i'm always gonna i'm gonna get a little flack from the big guys but being a former 103 pounder we all know that the little guys we we need a little more weights at the little guys for wrestling than some of these upper weights where they're they've, they've jammed like four extra weights in up top and it's just not as competitive, you know, so it's just a fact. I mean, it's just, it just yeah. is. So a lot, a lot of those 61s that went down to 57s, they struggled first round. You know, they really struggled like watching them coming out of watching them coming out of their first round. And I mean, it's like, man, you know, I think, uh, yeah, no, it affected their wrestling too. And a lot of those guys that did really well at 57 or 61s naturally. So that, that weight class would have been awesome if, if everyone would have been allowed to do the weight that they really should be do you think america was the only country that didn't send a lot of our guys to the olympic weights this year because i feel like a lot of other people made the jump to the olympic weights already like ray haguchi went down and i think everybody went to their weights you know i'm not i'm not really sure where Vito and and rutherford and marstella go next year you know they they each to be honest like looking at their bodies each of them could go either way you know what I mean? I think our best guy at that weight was at every single weight. You know, I, I, I don't think anybody waited because you have the incentive of trying to qualify the weight, earn a medal, and you sit out of the Olympic trials. That's huge. You know, where Japan even, it's a little bit different. Like, you, if you qualify the weight, even if you just take that fifth-place match, that, like, extra fifth-place match, you're, you're the person. Like, you, you don't have to wrestle off next year. You get to relax and just train for – Paris you know there's people leaving Serbia right now from Japan that are like I'm on the Olympic team so you know I I don't think that that should be done you know I think it takes away from a little bit of the excitement but at the same time there's a lot of incentive for our guys to go down as it is yeah no I actually I, I threw out a little tweet I yeah I get fired up I'm in the moment I'm very passionate in the moment David Taylor just won and I'm like he should not have to wrestle off to make the Olympic team a lot of pushback that's very un-American but bro you're the world champ like in the pre-Olympic year, I know, well, I know it's not back right. to that. No, man, you think back to that beat the streets match, you know, four years ago where he's wrestling. I think he was wrestling Drew, Drew Foster, Foster. towards ACL, man. I mean, right. yeah, no, I think we should be putting bubble wrap around David Taylor right now. Like, just Seriously. not letting him go into traffic, like making sure he's got a bodyguard, <laughs> you know, all that. I want to go back to that. Um, this is why I love having you on because no one knows this shit like you do. So the guy who Vito beat in the semis i had no idea who he was you're saying you watch him at bill farrell he technically a weight up comes down and he's training with you guys so you've seen him 
And so remind me, Vito teched him? Yeah, yeah. I think it's like 12-2. <laughs> you know, I caught him in a lace, and Vito's Dude. lace is legit, man. It's as good as there is as good as there is out there. So, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, that guy's he's freakishly good from kind of upper body ties, which is you always like to see that I do personally. I like to see clashes of styles. Like you got Vito, he's not really upper body kind of guy. And you got, you know, this Ulu who's pretty much lives upper body. So one of them is going to have to wrestle the other one's style and see how it goes. So, yeah, it was pretty impressive. Vito did a great job of, you know, kind of neutralizing him and, you know, really just taking it to him. So it was good. And when I say rest of the year, I'm thinking back to the NCAAs where he put on performance of the tournament. And like that semifinal round, what what he did to really fix in the semis and RBY in the finals, it's like, dude, those guys alone are world caliber. I mean, we know fixes, and I'm sure RBY is not going to let us down uh, representing Mexico at the Olympics. So it's like there's that's a crazy run that he's been on. Like it really is crazy. And, you know, his dad, world champ or world medalist, right? World champ, I think. Uh, world champ, I'm gonna try to think. He was in the Olympics. I I don't really remember. Like I know he's a world champ. I do know that. But wrestle so Azerbaijani wrestled for Russia. But yeah, I mean, for for Vito, like it's it's like you see all those weights are 33, right? Because I remember him wrestling last year at 25 and wrestling Gilman at the final X. And I'm not saying he's not going to be a better version of himself next year down at 57. I assume he's going 57. I mean, honestly, he's one of those guys. He's got a great frame. He could be up there, but they got Diakma Hollis. I'm not really sure how that works. You know, if he's down or up next year, I'm not 100%. Like, I wouldn't think it's beyond the realm of possibility that he decides I could put on four kilos easier and I could take off, you know, so, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I assume he goes down, but at the same time, it's like him at 33 is so much fun to watch. He's got so, so much pop, you know, but then last year, kind of 57 and 25, you saw where you lose that, man. I mean, there's there's not a lot to take away. I'm, I know he's not he's not making weight easy, so we'll see. We'll see what he does. I mean, I think right now his run this year has been awesome. So I want to see Unbelievable. him Unbelievable. And that's 65 kg weight, though. That's I think toughest weight class in the world and that that step up there, those dudes, you, you don't really see this with Americans. These guys are so fast twitch, so strong. Like I I'm thinking of Musakaya, but I'm also thinking of, is it Tabanian or Tavanian? Like, dude, these guys are like lightning quick. I can't even believe like if these, this weight. So let's talk about the quarter. So I love the Iranian um, Khalili. Like, I thought he was good. He's dominated. He beats Lee. Nick Lee puts up some good battles. Hey, hey, we're not. I was just going to say that. I don't think anybody expected what happened in the last like minute. I thought he's going to pin it. I I feel like Khalili was getting tired. And then, like, when he got thrown, I'm like, oh my gosh, are we about to see the upset of the century happen right here? It was awesome. It was awesome. And just to get there, Lee had to Lee had to win some tough bouts just to get there. I mean, this was a very deep weight, and I'm just going to the quarters because there's only so much we can talk about. But yeah, I mean, if he wouldn't have got there, you know, he's eliminated because the Iranians, the defending world champ, you're thinking he's gonna at least make the the semis, right? So if you don't get there, you're done. And I, I just feel like a lot of people this this weight was like a big question mark, right? I mean, it's, it's one of the toughest Yanni got second last year, but as you said, some of the top guys weren't there and you know, Yanni doesn't make it. So Nick Lee goes in and he comes out scrapping. He, yeah, to your point in the quarters, he's down a minute. 
what a but a minute left and he throws him. Yeah, like step around, body lock, just launched him, and he's got a double overs, and yeah, he popped his hips. I thought he was gonna pin him. I was like, I was going crazy. So yeah, no, that was that was impressive. I mean, and they're just to get to the quarters like in that bracket was was hard. But there were some like first or second round matches that were. I mean, you could have you could have said that could be the finals, and it wouldn't have shocked you. You know, really, it just it was. Crazy. That's why I wish I could watch this with you, man, to see as it's going on, because you got then you got Musakayev, right? I mean, he's in the quarters. He has is the Russian Momedov. Momedov, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, Musakayev yeah. is unbelievable. Have you ever seen anything like that guy? No, I mean, he's like the best part of like it's just so much drama <laughs> when he wrestles. Like, how's it gonna go? Is he gonna get tired? Is he gonna be it's never boring. Like, I don't think anybody like when he's wrestling, I think all eyes kind of like go to him almost. Like, yeah. I mean, going back to like so he was he was he was wrestling in their the Russian Olympic trials in like 2016. I think it's I think it's 2016, and he, the, he was in, like, Yakutia, and Yakutia had a guy named Lebedev who was, like, their guy at 57 for a long time, and he was at 57, and they just kept they just kept screwing him over to the point where there was a big fight, and then Dagestan actually took their team and left the Russian nationals. Like, wouldn't wrestle the rest of the Russian nationals. They forfeited out. So, like, this guy's been involved in some of, like, the biggest controversies in wrestling. That's just a match with – with Yanni when he's up like nine zero and ends up getting disqualified because literally he won't go back to the center. Um, you know, just, he's so much fun to watch. Like he's not afraid to wrestle. You know, he's, 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 he's good. He's good for the sport of wrestling and he's a good guy too. Like, it's not like he's a bad human sitting around, you know, that he's a villain or something like that. Like speaking to him, like he loves wrestling and he's, you know, he gets disappointed. Like everyone gets disappointed. It's just, it's kind of cool to see him have, have his moment here. Oh yeah, and like how excited he was after he won. I mean, he was just sobbing. I mean, it was that was powerful. So he was yeah. down at fifty seven. Yeah, fifty. What? Fifty seven. Yeah, fifty seven kilos. He wrestled Lebedev. Yeah, I mean, he was good, man. He's been he's been good for a minute. He's 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 a superstar. And so what? He had an ancestor from Hungary, and then now he's representing Hungary. But does he still train? in? how does that shit work? <laughs> how is everyone? <laughs> Is that who he wrestles for? Hungry? He wrestles for Hungary, but he's yeah. about as hungry as I am. You know, <laughs> can you, you know, I don't think that it, I don't, there's no translation there. So, I mean, it's for me personally, I, I know like it gets more good wrestlers in the bracket. So I got no problem with it. But Hungary has a bunch of freestyle wrestlers that, I mean, it's funny because their Greco team is really, really good for how small they are. I think there's like, it's the same population as Chicago. And I mean, they're year in and year out really good. And they're all actual Hungarians. Right. But their entire freestyle team is pretty much all Russians. We'll do the point. same thing. I was I was thinking about this. If you're watching this tournament and you never knew anything about wrestling, you would think that like Serbia men's freestyle is like a powerhouse. And there's not <laughs> one actual person from Serbia who's getting that done. It's like, it's so weird. But their, but their Greco team is legit. And Legit. They're all, okay. They're all, and they're all Serbian, you know. So it's kind of weird how that. Yeah. It's very I don't weird. Know a lot of Serbians whose last name starts at the ends with a V, right? So I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of hogs moving into Serbia. 
And we'll talk about uh, Serbia up at 74 because that, that's another another hammer that, you know, ex-Russian guy. But sticking on 65, I mean, coming into this weight, who did you think was the favorite? I don't know. Honestly, I had no idea. Like, it was one of those weights. It was funny. Like, me, I was texting with somebody afterwards. I'm like, yep, Sebastian Rivera versus Musa Kaev, just like everybody thought, you know, for the finals. <laughs> I was like, no, no one in the history of the world. Like, it was one of those bets, like a million to one, you know, that it was going to work. I mean, yeah, I mean, Rivera had a, a breakout. I mean, he had the best quarter to make it to the semis. Out of the semis, like, nobody would have predicted him beating Tavanian. Like, no one. No one that I knew. There's a lot of people that, honestly, like, I thought Tavanian could win it. You know, he's he's been right there with some of the best ones. He's You know, and then there's guys like Aliyev. You never really know who's going to come in. The one that I had the biggest kind of desire to see was Otegiro. Like, you didn't see him since the last Olympics. He wrestled in a like a cup tournament over in Japan where he kind of looked okay-ish, you know, but knowing how they peak and how well they do, like he's the guy that I thought maybe. Then you had that Amuzad Khalili and just – But did Otegiro even enter the bracket or am I forgetting about him? Yeah, Otegiro was in the bottom. Like He's, he's an Olympic he champ, his, right? Yeah, he won his first two matches. And he, he lost to Musa Kaev in like the – one sixteenth round, maybe, and then he forfeited his match in the repishage. So they said he had a foot issue. So yeah. So that's a defending Olympic gold medalist that didn't even in the, in the round of thirty two. So yeah, that was how hard <laughs> that bracket was, dude. And then so if people want to go watch matches, I recommend these two matches: Khalili versus Musakayev. I could not wait for that semifinal because I wanted to see if you could get the underhooks on him. Wanted to see if Musakayev could weather the storm. He pulled out. I mean, that was an incredible match. That takedown at the end was just all heart. I mean, unbelievable. Like, and then Seabass, there was two points of that match where he's down like four points, and I switched monitors. I'm like, this is over. Like, there's no way. Like, and shame on me because, dude, he just has so much heart. And you saw how excited he was. So, man, I was getting a little. I was telling someone, I'm like, I'm glad these guys are representing other countries, but it's kind of like your ex-girlfriend watching her go out on a date when you see an American representing Puerto Rico do better than the American. It hurts a little bit, but yeah. I'm ha- happy no, for him I mean, at the same put time. Nick in, put Nick Lee in his spot. And I think Nick Lee comes out. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing. Like it was a lot of, a lot of where Sebastian Rivera fell into the bracket. But like you said, he's, he's got a huge heart when he wrestles, like no one could doubt him. Like, and the fact that like Tavani kind of had him on the ropes, thought twice, maybe he was gonna, you're going to see him kind of be put away. And then he just kept clawing himself back in and yeah, good for, good for him. It was, it was a fun match to watch. And I, and that's why I was saying also about Aliyev. Like I thought typically Aliyev wrestles down at 61. I thought, all right, maybe he's going up to try and qualify the weight. You know, are we the only country that's still leaving hammers at these non-Olympic weights? But there was obviously hammers and plenty of those weights. Well, um, he was, he's at 65 now. He doesn't he go is. to 61. He doesn't. Yeah, okay. he's, he hasn't been there for a couple of years, you know, and it's because of what you said, like he can't be an Olympic champion if he stays at 61 and then too late. A lot of those guys, like if you're not getting your body weight down for him, like 57 has got to be a terrible weight to make. So he went up to 65 and it's just, it's a shame because at 61, he's, he's amazing, you know? So, I mean, I just don't see the same version of up or down. So. I was looking back because I got a picture. Tony Rotundo took this, but it's uh, one of my favorite matches. One of the matches that got me back into wrestling. It's Rashidov Aliyev. Remember that seven-second exchange? And uh, it was like 2017. 
Yeah, it's like, but it was at sixty five, so I should have known. But yeah, it's yeah, he wouldn't he wouldn't leave the mat after like throwing the paddles and stuff. But that <laughs> that exchange was amazing, and honestly, like they could have called that an any combination of points, and it'd be right. But yeah, no, he's always exciting, fun to watch. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that that was a that was another quarterfinal match. So so Seabass, you weren't surprised to me the corners, but then it's when he really started making some leaps and bounds, getting getting past those guys, and then. And then, uh, you know, I mean, Musakayev in the finals. Musakayev technically, like, it was the easiest thing he's ever done, right? And so it's just that guy has that level if he can stay in shape. And obviously, he was in plenty good shape for this tournament. Yeah, healthy and strong. And, I mean, I feel like he's kind of, you know, he's in the right spot right now. But we'll see. He's he's interesting to watch. I mean, I saw him get beat in Croatia like in February by Evan Henderson, Evan Henderson beat him. And it was like a crazy <laughs> no. match. Like Evan like took it to him. Like they, they were scramblers or points where, and that was just his version then. So he's, he's peaked at the right time and we'll see what he's like, you know, 11 months from now. And then you also have, you have a uh, Mehmetov, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, he beat the Iranian for third and fourth. So Khalili, who's like had been dominating, had, had didn't even medal. It's like this weight, scary really scary yeah it's scary and then like you think about like how that could have played off like like Sebastian Rivera is now in the Olympics you know what I mean his weight is qualified but if he's on the other side of that bracket and he loses that semi I think for the bronze I can't remember who he's going to wrestle but it's somebody really good well then you lose your bronze match and for that spot that for the fifth place match he would have had to wrestle Amuzad Khalili for the fifth place match because that's what came over. And whoever wins that goes to the Olympics. So, like, you think about how crazy that semifinal was, you know, to get him to get his weight off and, you know, all the things came together. So it was awesome. The fact that those guys wrestle the bronze medal match, they lose and they have to wrestle again, seems almost unfair. Like, I don't like that. Like, I know what they're trying to do, but it's, like, too much. It's heartbreaking. It's hard. And it's so late. And the, and the thing is, everybody leaves. You know, I thought maybe it'd be, like, a cool environment and it's sold but after that last finals you know you have to sit through two award ceremonies so there's probably 20 minutes of just that and then they probably pushed it back another 20 minutes after that so like pretty much they're wrestling for nobody in, in that in those stands so yeah there's really? just there's gotta it's be empty in there oh empty, God. Man. Empty, man. that's crazy man I, that's just like another kind of move that uww did like one how they didn't have any word on if Sadakov and Sajulayev were going to be in. Like, they were in, they were out. Like, how how is that? Like, that you can't even imagine another sport where that happens. And then changing the schedule around. The schedule was changed. You got some of this yeah. new stuff. We just need some common sense there. All right, let's get back to the wrestling. Zane at 70. Wow. I mean, just unbelievable. Where's he going to go, you think? I don't know. How could like, he go I'm down? I don't know. Like, that's that's taking 10 pounds off his, you know, 10 pounds, 12 pounds, whatever that is, taking that off of his frame is crazy. I mean, he's like a perfect 70 kilo body. You know what I mean? Like that's, it's nuts, but yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see. I mean, I imagine just from experience from the past few times he's, he's going down, but you know, you never know. I mean, he's, he's, he can go up too. I mean, just not, he's not super tall. So you don't really see a lot of 74 kilo body types looking like that, but you know, Maybe we'll see. I mean, he was, yeah. For the folks who didn't watch it, 
he basically went unchallenged until he got to the finals and had uh, what's known as Baby Azdani, the Iranian, a really tough bout, but he won 8-5. And I mean, it was just, he's definitely, you know, he, did he get second last year? Second, yeah. He kind of lost a match. It was just weird. It was like this Japanese guy who ended up quitting freestyle and wrestling Greco last year because they didn't have, like, he could go down to <laughs> 67 kilos or six. I, I don't really know how it played out, but he had this, and he got caught. Like, oh, because Greco like, has different caught. weights? Yeah, Greco has, like, two plus two kilos. So the guy's like, well, I'm going to try Greco because I can't, you know, make 65. And for them, like, the Olympics is everything. It's not the World Championships. But I thought, like, I thought Rutherford, it was just control. Like, I feel like he controlled the entire bracket. Like, even looking at Yazdani, like, he had some moments where it was like, okay, he's good, but, you know, he just felt so safe going in. Like, I would have bet my house that, like, that that Rutherford was going to get it done. So he's just so good at 70. He could win there for a while, too, I think. I mean, that's... Yeah, he could just keep going, like, take next year in. off. And, yeah, I mean, just don't even mess with those Olympic trials. Just wait for... Because they'll have a Worlds next year for it, you know? Mm -hmm. Those are always pretty cool Worlds, too. So we could see that. And you... uh Now, is is the Russian at 70, is it typically David Baev? No, Baev's up at 74 because, like, like you said it's not a it's not olympic weight i think he's going down to 70 for some dual meet that i saw that they're having between dagestan and Ossetia. but no it's it's usually a guy named shariev um they have two two guys named shariev but they they it was weird they put in this zerbaev is his name which i honestly think is probably their fourth best guy you know i don't really think this guy's that good so I wasn't even really excited. Like, Rutherford, I think, would murder him. Because the guy's, like, he's built for, like, stamina. Like, he break, tries to break people, and you're not breaking Zane Rutherford. So, I feel like no. I didn't feel like no. Zane would have took it to him. I mean, to that point, do you think Russia underperformed? Is it because you think they're so distracted with the war? It's just the morale is low? Like, what? Why? why weren't we seeing some of their best guys, like, at 70? Well, I mean... I don't know about like best guy. Like you could argue he's the best guy. Like he won Russian nationals a few years ago, but a lot of the guys weren't there. You know, I just, I think for them, you know, watching, watching their cadets, watching their juniors, and then, you know, watching this tournament. I mean, it really hurt them being out of competition for a couple of years. You know, I don't think that it's, it's something that we, we thought would be affecting some of them and it, you know, maybe hurt their depth a little bit that maybe some of those guys would have been two or three would have stuck on and now maybe aren't giving as much to the sport. I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent. I just know they don't seem like the same version that was, that was around in 2021 where they, you know, Molly walked their way through the Olympics. So, I mean, I think they will be back, you know, looking at it, you know, I think some of their guys left too, like that big 97. I mean, he's, he could be, you know, he could be their rep, but went to Albania, you know, early, you know, early in his career. So, I mean, it's one of those things like some of their best guys are starting to move too. So maybe they, they had a little bit of what we had. Right. I mean, they would have wished that 97, they had that kid wrestling for them, you know, but he's, he goes on and wins the dang thing, you know? So, Oh man, that was crazy. So last thing I'll say about Zane is I know like when I talk to your guys, you take them over to Russia and, and they're training over there, you know, like the environment, you know, said, yeah, in, in, in Dagestan, I'm sure is they don't want a lot of hard hand fighting, right? It's not, it's not like the bull rush that we do here. You think Zane is like one of those guys that they talk about? Like, bro, this is going to be a miserable, miserable match. Yeah. He's probably in all their heads before <laughs> you even start. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, no, they don't, he would be their worst nightmare. So yeah, no, he's crazy strong. And I mean, I've, I had a, there's a couple 
couple of years ago, but Isaiah worked out with him when we were over at some tournament and he was like, yeah, we're just going to drill. And it was live. Like it was live. Like Isaiah had to wrestle live to get a single takedown. Like he comes out of there, his eyes are all big. And I'm like, man, that guy's wrestling 70 kilos like that. And Isaiah Martinez is super strong. So like, I don't know that guy's, he's a bull. Musa Kaya Versane would be fun. That would be, that would be interesting. Yes. <laughs> the quick the quickness. You know Musakai yeah. would definitely blast a couple shots, but maybe Zane would break them. I don't know. I think yeah, I think that would happen. So I think like if we if we were to see that match, like maybe cut it down to like a four minute match. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I think six minutes is just too much advantage. <laughs> That's pretty, I think he just breaks them. Okay. So moving on to 74. I was just saying, I, I don't know if you heard this or not. You know, Sargush, everyone loved to hate the guy. He was dirty. No one liked him. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of people didn't like him. Sadakov doesn't have that same hatred. Like, he, it's just beautiful to watch him out there and watch him compete. His run to the finals, I don't think people realize how hard it was. I mean, crazy. Draws, draws first round. That's the world championships from Georgia. Uh, Georgia. I can't, I can't, I know it's Kinchaze from Georgia, but I can't remember what year they actually wrestled in the world finals. And it was a close match, maybe 2019, 2018. I can't remember. It was one year he beat Burroughs in the semis, but, um, so that's first yeah, round, no, first round, you know I mean? Right off the bat. And I mean, Kinchaze for him, he wrestles super hard. So like, you're going to take damage in that match, no matter what, like you're not, it's not going to be one of those ones you can go out there and kind of just get job done. So yeah, no, it's funny because, Sargush, I noticed, was in Sadakov's corner for a lot of these matches. I'm like, man, those are those are kind of two polar opposites as far as the way they're viewed, you know. But it was uh, that was he looks cool. like a villain. Sargush does, yeah. man. So is yeah. he Dagestani or Ossetian? No, he's from Moscow. Like, actually, from Moscow. Like, I don't, I don't, he wrestled for them. I think he's. I think he's actually from Moscow. So yeah, he's not a. He's not one of those guys. But but Sadakov is one of the guys. So when you go to Russia, you go to Ossetia, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So but Sadakov's Ossetian, Ossetian. Yep. Yeah. And he's okay. like a. I don't know what you would put him as here. He's like Snyder. Like he's got kind of that. People talk about him like he's kind of bigger than life. You know what I mean? Like his work ethic and how good of a person he is, and you know how much he conditions and how hard he wrestles and everything else. Like he's like legend. He's a legend, really? so living like, legend. As much as Sajulayev, like, there's there's things they say is like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For every Osetian thinks Sadakov will beat, you know, everybody that that if Batman showed up, he would beat Batman. <laughs> I mean, it he's beating our he best, be. literally our best. Yeah. No, and I mean, there's things that are just ludicrous. Like they say, like he runs these mountains that are like three miles up, and he does it in like 25 minutes. I'm like wait a second you're telling me he makes it up that mountain in 25 minutes and like they're like oh yeah easy and then he does it twice and i'm like dude you guys are crazy <laughs> <laughs> but i mean he's such a good role model for those kids i mean what a great story with his his dad kind of passing away in a car accident this year and you know they were really close to each other and just to be able to to watch his run this year i mean pulling for dake is you know the american thing but at the same time if he wasn't going to win that's the guy that yeah that ultimately i feel like the world was pulling for and he was part of the Beslan school massacre as well, right? Are you familiar with that? School. Yeah, he was there. Yeah, no, I went to the to the monument about it. It's super, super sad. They've just filled with tons of graves, and they've got this really cool statue of this this uh, this nun holding her hands up with all these little birds, like how yeah. many birds? Like I can't. 
like you hear how many children it was like killed. That's just a number in your head. But when you see the gravestones lined up next to each other, it's like, man, I can't believe that. Yeah. He's from that school, but wasn't at school that day. Got so it. that was Nafanov though, was at school that day. So, I mean, that's, yeah, those guys. What happened to him? Guys lived, lived, I mean, he, I, I don't want to say, because I, I can't remember too much, but I, one of his, one of his mom, I think maybe his mom passed away in it. No, no. You I know, mean like what? Why wasn't he at? Was he at the Worlds this year? Oh he's, no, he's normally like their solid bronze, right behind uh, Yazdani yeah. and David. Yeah, he kind of lost some lost some matches um, at the Russian Nationals. Kind of went back and forth. He looked mm. vulnerable, so maybe they tried somebody else to see if yeah. they see if the other guys could crack that crack that code. So, good luck, man. So, luck, so Sadakov fan favorite, and he so first round he beats Kanchazi. Then he has Bexod. What's his resume? I mean, he was the guy who beat Burroughs in the Olympics, you know, like, <laughs> you know, like what the heck? Like you can't, he's, he's, he's good. He's kind of at the tail end of his career, you know, he's a multiple time world medalist was in the Olympic, you know, just yeah. solid wrestling. So, I mean, you have that, that's your second round. So then he takes out a Ron. Then he has Sabalov who is Serbian Russian, another legend yeah, and from the same town. And Sabalov is, Sabalov actually beat him maybe three years ago in the Russian Nationals. It's like Sabalov, I feel like Sabalov plays chess a lot. Like he kind of knows, like thinks ahead a lot, you know, maybe like he mm-hmm. understood Sadakov. So that actually that match right there really probably worried worried the Russians about as much as any of them, you know, just because Sabalov is tricky and knows knows technique and positioning really well. So knows what, about, what about the cat? Was it Zamalov? Um who like kind of wrestled with a knee brace. Um, Jamalov, maybe, yeah. maybe he beat Sidokov at Russian nationals like two years ago or something. He had that crazy match where he lost in like the last second where he thought he was winning and he went out okay, and out for, like the Olympic trials. But okay. yeah, no, he's, he's one of those guys like since then, I know he's got a couple of surgeries and like, who knows, like who knows if he'll resurface very well. I know he's, he's been wrestling a little bit, but didn't wrestle at their national tournament. So. I don't wow. Know. And then, in the semis, I don't, I didn't know this guy, By Byramov, and then ultimately Sidovkov gets the dake, and yeah, he got he got an easy sim, he had an easy semi, so okay. he made it to the semis, and I was like, okay, <laughs> and then, yo, the dake match, honestly, is the best wrestling match I've ever seen. Like, tell I, me I, about I, it. What do you think about this? I mean, I was just excited for it. I mean, it was the match that everybody wanted to see. Everybody was, you know you thought there was all these little things that could disrupt it. And you were just so nervous that it wasn't going to happen. And then as it was happening, people were like, man, I can't believe this is about to take place. And just, it didn't disappoint. Technically, I think both of them will make some adjustments next time, but like, it just could have went either way at any point. You know, I feel Mm -hmm. like it was just a very, very well wrestled wrestling match by both people at such a high level. There was so little mistakes from each guy and just, yeah, I mean, he 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 etched one out. I feel like one of those calls was kind of weird. Where they, they got a call, and they were like two. Yeah, they definitely. I feel they like got, got that. The too. Americans got some good calls this weekend. I'm gonna say it. Like we'll talk about yeah. Taylor and Yazdani. That could have gone either way. I think. And yeah. um but okay, so let's get back to that one. So there's before that sequence though. Maybe this is me, but Sadakov came out hand fighting. Like he got in Dake's face right away. Yeah, all tournament, all tournament in general. Like, I feel like he he always hand fights hard, but I feel like just this tournament in particular, I don't know what it was like with his training or anything else, but yeah, he didn't care 
how the first period went. He wasn't going to make any big attacks in the first period, but he was going to try to, you know, get the guy vulnerable, get him kind of moving, which he did. Like ultimately Dake started kind of coming up and down with that overtime snap. And then he was doing this weird thing with his right hand where he kept like, almost mm-hmm. like he was combing the guy's hair. Like he kept doing it. Like there's one match where he did it so much that the referee just stopped the match and told him not to stop it. And I don't think it's illegal. It just doesn't look right. Like it looks like it, <laughs> it looks like it should be illegal. So yeah, no, he, he was hand fighting incredibly and going into the, he didn't, he didn't seem too concerned about the match score or getting passivities or anything like that coming out of the first. And then first he started, after that, he started taking those leg attacks and, he went right into the chest wrap. He did not get like twice. He was in on that head outside single. Cause he goes lefty collar, righty high crotch. And he went right into it. Someone did a breakdown on Twitter. I love who does, does this. And he snakes the calf real low and like they could not chest wrap him. Yeah, no. And I mean that you're, you're right. Like getting right into Dake's wheelhouse. You know, I feel like Dake's a little bit better. I feel like the chest wrap where the head's on the inside, you know, okay. he's not as good with the one on the outside, I don't think. I mean, just from, you know, you remember that match at the World Cup where he's got the, you know, Japanese guy and he's, like, standing him up, walking him around and throwing <laughs> him. But that guy's kind of trapped in the middle, you know, yeah. not not able to get to the outside. So I feel like that shot was probably the shot that Sadakov, you know, was kind of planning to take all along the head outside shot because it does – it's his best shot, but then it's also probably Dick's worst chest wrap position so but yeah he kept taking his leg out from underneath him and he kept attacking the position at no time did he kind of was like all right let's take a stalemate you know I feel like some guys get in on Dake and they're like okay let's this was a bad this was a bad move and I'll try to stalemate it and then that's when Dake gets their hips above their head and it's pretty easy so I feel like you know Sadakov had a great game plan of knowing how hard he was going to have to wrestle once he got in there and then just that wrestling that whole time they were on they were in like you just didn't know what was going to happen it kept going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth so it was fun it was a fun position it's so hard to score these matches like you watch these and you're like i don't really know who's driving through on a double leg versus who's chest wrapping and rolling through i feel like as americans we'll often see it more so on the side of the guy shooting and think that that's the Mm -hmm. guy who should be scoring but i don't know if that's like that in other countries like they don't see the emphasis on shooting as much as we do no, and they, they score in different ways from those positions. You know what I mean? They're not just let's sprawl. You know, they, they from a young age are kind of free-floating that position and sparring that position to where they understand it very well. Like, he understood. He he doesn't do as much, like, chest trapping as far as, you know, the way Dake does it, but he's, he's been in there with guys that do. So, like, mm-hmm. he kind of understands that position at a high level. So they don't put as much emphasis in just basic baseline defense, so they kind of have a higher level understanding of that crackdown position and, you know, head outside and on their feet. So. Yeah. And then just at the end there, when Dake's Dake loves getting a guy, um, what, what the hell is it called? When you, when you go on all on your knees, when you're going out of bounds, um, quad pod, uh, not quad pod, but like when they, when they drop, like when you're getting a push up oh, and they ground, drop grounding. Ground, okay. So ground. Dake loves getting a guy in grounding, lifting them up like freak strength and walking him out. He was getting ready to do that. Sadakov shoots a low single and hangs out there like with 10 seconds left. Yeah. Head inside for the first time. And I was like, Oh man, this could be it. Like right here. And even then, like he came up, I think they tried to kick over and he came up with the foot. And I was like, okay, well he's safe. But then, but then (laughs) they pulled him back. And I was like, at real time, I was like, that's not even close. Like, this is a dumb challenge. Like, 
it was the end of the match. But then, like, looking on video, like, he was actually way closer than I thought he was about getting it. So, yeah, he gets that, it's back to him winning. So, it's crazy, crazy match, crazy ending. Awesome. It was awesome. And it almost didn't happen with Sadakov not even being in the tournament. And I can't think of, like, this psychological toll that must have. Like, you guys are in Germany getting pampered. Everything's perfect. These guys don't even know if they're in the tournament or not. And, like, they're also pulling some weight. It's like that. That's that takes a toll on anyone. Like, I don't care. Like, it's just that has to. And then Dake, you know, he was supposed to have Cotty, the guy who beats him in the in the semis at the Olympics. One of the most bizarre, just shocking matches I've ever watched. Kind of right up there with Snyder getting teched at this tournament. You watch it and you're like, I don't get what just happened. He loses in the first yeah. round to the Greek guy. Like, and going by that dude's name, he seemed like an actual Greek. Like, is he? He's actually Greek. Yeah. What the hell is yeah. that dude's story? That's crazy. He had, a great, he had a great tournament. You know, he had he had some good wins on you know, all the way through the tournament. So yeah, yeah, no, I. You saw, I feel like Mega Manoff looked like real skinny in the face, and like he kept reaching for these weird Kimuras, and like it was like I had heard he's into MMA now, and he doesn't. We really signed with Bellator. Much. Yeah, so like I think maybe he's just training jujitsu at this point like you're you're hoping the match happen you know like you're hoping because you you want to see you know you want to be part of the excitement and be there when it happens and everything else but i feel like dake would have man it's easy to say this but i feel like dake would have took it took him to the woodshed yeah i mean that would be a good one to get back because that one was definitely a shocker to watch in uh in tokyo and um, was looking forward to that. And then Chimizo also lost. That could have been Dake's route to the finals, but he wins out, makes the finals, and, you know, gets it done. Now it's like, all right, Olympic trials. We got Nolf. We got, you know, you got, I don't know, like Keegan O'Toole probably thinks he's going to make a run. David Carr probably thinks he's going to make a run. I don't know. I mean, these guys are, it's going to be tough. I mean, Dake definitely, this tournament more than others, guys were in on his legs more than you saw. And I don't know if there was anything, it's just the world championships or if there was like an injury or something, but previous rounds before the Sadakov, guys ran in the legs whereas before. Yeah, I mean, didn't he get taken down in both matches? Which is very rare to see Dake ever surrender a takedown. Yeah, I mean, he seemed in control to me, you know, and and I'm not in his camp, so I don't really know like what the thought process is in some of those matches. Like, hey, you know you're better than this guy and like maybe we're, conserve I, I don't really understand I don't I don't know that for a fact so like the fact that he didn't really wasn't really challenged to the finals and then wrestled one of the best matches he's 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 one of the best if not you know pound for pound in the world so I mean and it's it's crazy to you know think that there's going to be some young guys after him this year so we'll see we'll see I think some of those guys are really good so I think yeah maybe Dake hangs on till LA in 2028 but I don't know I I'd like to see it. He's like getting getting younger, right? And that's the thing. Like <laughs> that's he's the out in the sun, and the sun's yeah. rejuvenating him. Somehow oh, yeah. he's like re de aging. So yeah, we'll see. I'd Benjamin see Button, um, seventy nine. I'll admit I didn't pay too much attention to after um, Marsteller went out. Um, one of my takeaways here though is that Azerbaijan had a pretty good tournament, man. Like every every way I'm looking at, it, they have some guys on the podium, and I know they got a bronze here. Um, Chance lost to the looks like Abbasov, who is the Azerbaijani. Um, mm -hmm. ends up, that guy ends up getting, uh, I think he got like a fifth. But, um, thoughts on, on Chance's performance? Yeah, I mean, it's his first world, senior world. You know, I think 
can't say he underperformed. You know, I can't say that, that there's that, but the expectation, I think he's one of the best 79 kilos in the world. And, you know, I think if they re-wrestled the tournament, I think there's a couple brackets like this. If you re-wrestled the tournament, I can't think that, you know, the, the results couldn't be different. You know, I think he's he's one of the best guys and excited to watch him next year. I think he's going up, maybe I heard. So, I mean, throw him in the in that mix with some of those other guys. You keep keep telling these guys they're they're they can't win. Guys like Chance just doesn't doesn't pay attention to that stuff. So yeah, no, I Azerbaijan, it's funny because you say that about Azerbaijan because they have a new coach. The new coach is the Ossetian coach. So he was the head coach of Vladikavkaz for many years. It's Kazumov. It's the guy who Kyle Snyder wrestled in the Olympics in 2016 in the finals. Um, one of the best coaches I've kind of been around. And uh, they had some restructuring in the Russian system, and he decided to take the job with Azerbaijan. And almost immediately I saw them start to have better results. You know, I think that a lot of their guys are benefiting for – they had good coaching, good staff, but I, they've really committed to freestyle wrestling. Greco – they took second or their first or second they're right behind Iran and Greco. So wow. they've got, they've got some things cooking there. Well, it makes sense then. Cause you see them all up and down the podium at this tournament, you know, and, and you'd always knew them to be a tough country, kind of like a Georgia, uh, but you know, never at, you know, up and down any given year, but definitely showing 86. Yep. Wait, I, and I want to go back to chance. So I left out Burroughs at 74 only because it's in my mind that bros may go up and wrestle David Taylor off at 86. I don't know. I don't know if that's going to happen. So. I, I have no, I have no background information on that, but I think so. Like I, I, and just in my heart, like I want that to happen. Like we've seen him wrestle Dake. We saw what happened. Like, I don't want that again. Like I want him, I want him to fun. go up yeah. and challenge like one of the best. He's one of the best. I think, you know, getting them in the same bracket would be, would be awesome. I think 86 went from being super boring the last time that, that they wrestled, like he's wrestled, I think maybe nickel in the finals of match that to like having this Aaron Brooks, who's right there with the best in the world to Jordan Burroughs and probably chance Marsteller. And, you know, who knows, who knows who else. So it's going to be exciting. The trials next year. I think you put, if David Taylor doesn't represent the USA 86, I'll just, I'll be beside myself, but let's say for example, JB got in there. 86 is much less deep than 74. Like J, don't you think? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, mean, I like, don't I 74 is yeah, a I don't way out of mine. Yeah, I think there's two guys that are kind of way ahead of the pack at 86 in the world. And you know, David Taylor and Yazdani, and I think everybody else, I think we have three guys could beat every other person. And I'm not yeah. saying we don't have five guys that could beat Yazdani. Who knows? I'd love to see Yazdani versus Burroughs in the next Olympics. Yazdani Burroughs. <laughs> oh, it should have happened in 2016. Epic, man. Epic. Yeah. So David Taylor, I mean, what can you say about this was a this was it was domination. There was an exchange that really turned the tide of the match that could have been scored either way. It went it went Magic Man's way. But I'm just mm -hmm. shocked that Yazdani did not bring the heat in this match with the underhooks. Like I didn't see the typical maybe he's changing his style. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I don't think so. I actually watched his first round match. He think he wrestled Australia. I think it was like five to two. Remember, it was like five to two coming out of the first. You're like, what the heck is happening? You saw that that weird tape on his shoulder, and he wasn't throwing that left underhook very much at all. And, you know, I'm not saying he was hurt in the finals. I mean, it's hard to say a guy that makes it to the finals of the world championships is hurt, but I can't say he was 100% either. I mean, they train 
you watch these Iranians train on Instagram. I mean, they, their warmups are harder than most people's hardest workouts of the year. You know, like they train crazy. And I think some of their bodies just take so much damage for that training over the year. And I mean, they, they need to, they need to get somebody in there to, to periodize, periodize a little bit, those guys, but yeah, no, they're the best two in the world. Like you said, there's one exchange, but at the same time, like there's so much confidence I have in David Taylor right now, the way he dusted his way through the tournament and beat like good guys. Like they were not good guys. Like it's just, he's at the top of the heap right now. And in, in all pound for pound, number one in the world, I can't see anybody else. It's different. His mentality, like when he's believing, like he's at the all, all, utmost belief right now, like no one's going to beat that guy mentally. I mean, he has so much yeah. confidence and obviously he backs it up and what him and Casey Cunningham have going on is really special. And man, what a, just you tip your hat to him. We are what witnessing one of the greats and we, we have many in that, that caliber now, but certainly David Taylor <laughs> at the top, um, shout out to a friend of the show, miles and mean coming through again, getting a world medal. Like, like if this was a 2007, Miles Amin would be the star of the show. A bronze medal at any of these weights would have been a big deal, right? Now we're so spoiled with riches that, you know, we we don't even realize it's like, you know, again, he, Olympic bronze medalist getting a bronze at the world. He's going back. I love the Amin family, so I was pumped for him. Yeah, no, and I mean he's he's right there in that second tier, you know, mm-hmm. like he, and you don't know, like he could pop up and, you know, peak at the right time. You see so many people do that in the last year, you know, have these incredible matches, you know, and, and they're training everything just kind of fits together come next August. I mean, we'll see. But right he now t- he's definitely in that second tier with those guys. Yeah. And he said last year, you know, the world, like he just was not up for it, didn't perform at his ability. So like you do see guys peaking, you know, like for this pre-Olympic worlds, it's everyone's coming to this one. Um, yeah. I put down no Russia question mark at 86, but we talked about it. Just I was expecting to see Nafan off, but you, they sent somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, just, it's I crazy. think Nafan off is, was one of the best. He's in that second tier. He's kind of the best of that second tier. I feel like, and just not to have him there kind of, because you keep expecting him to also have that breakout year to where we can see his best performances in one year. Cause he's scary to wrestle. I mean, for yeah. the most part, it's just those two at the top of the heap are, are gonna, it's going to take a lot to, to push them off. So Now, the one ever, I'm thinking of is is Brooks, right? I mean, another yeah. just animal. Did he wrestle Zahid this year? or um, Sorry, did he wrestle Yazdani, or was it Yazdani Tech Zahid at one of those tournaments? Like about, it, so Brooks. Brooks wrestled Zahid at the Open. I and who won Zahid that one? was up big. Okay. Zahid was up big and then kind of folded, and Brooks, Brooks took it to him. So, yeah, no, I think Brooks ended up winning – Wrestling, wrestling Taylor in the finals of the okay. of the tournament. I guess what I'm thinking of is I'm confusing two things. One, I'd love to see Brooks Yazdani, but then at the same time, mm-hmm. we've seen Yazdani handle Zahid, correct? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's yeah. No, I did. It wasn't Yazdani wrestled Zahid. Zahid wrestled another Iranian over the Iranian that actually he beat in the worlds this year. He wrestled him in Hungary and lost. Got it. Okay. And then the Iranian was supposed to wrestle the Israeli next round and suddenly got food poisoning. I was right, like screaming because right, he couldn't right. wrestle. Right. Yeah. You, yeah, we all know how that goes. Like yeah. crazy. So up at 92, again, I, I don't want to spend a ton of time on this one. Zahid beats the Iranian, which a lot of people thought could have been the world finals. That had, He had a lot of heart in that match, but he gutted it out. Yeah. 
he was down. Like he's fought and scrapped and clawed to win that match. That was impressive. Yeah. And like you said, that that's, that's a match that ultimately that guy beat him pretty handily the last time they wrestled him to pull that out was pretty awesome. But then, you know, turn around and have to wrestle that Azerbaijani who's, who's super tough, you know, super tough. So, I mean, that's uh and there was like a really short turnaround. I remember on that match. So he had to turn around and get ready right away. That was the round of 32. <laughs> it's yeah. like that for him when he beat the Iranian, it's like, it's like, that's how deep this tournament was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is round of before quarters, which they call it the one of 16 here. Yeah. I can't, yeah. I thought he wrestled him later, but I don't know. I wasn't paying super close attention to the rounds. I just know, you know, watching him, you know, beat the Iranian was pretty cool, you know, just cause you see that, you know, a guy that kind of handled him and he was able to turn the tables completely. So yeah. Pretty awesome. And then 97, you know, we have this, was it Tadzitsinov? How do you pronounce it? Tadzitsinov. Tadzitsinov. It's like a weird sound. So I don't know how you say it. We're witnessing the emergence of a future star. I mean, so going into this weight class, you have Snyder, you have Sajlayov. In the quarters or semis, did he text Snyder? Quarters. And there's this picture floating around that. So this guy's from Bahrain. Bahrain, Bahrain. He's from Dagestan. Okay, here we he's go. From, Let's get the dirt he's on. He's not him. from. He's not from. He actually wrestles for Sajalayev School. So Sajalayev has a wrestling school there, in in Dagestan. He owns it. You know, he's the operator of it. I was in charge of the coaches. And like, this kid wrestles for him. So like, wrestles for like this would be like if you wrestle for Young Guns, you're like under Jody Stripmatter. Like this is kind of that relationship between the two. So, but before the tournament started, like this, this is a kid that maybe like not having junior worlds the past couple of years for Russians. Like these are why, you know, kind of the main reasons, maybe we don't know him as much, you know, not seeing him on like the, the biggest, the biggest stages of, of, of international wrestling. But there was a Russian guy that came up to me before the tournament and said, this kid is very, very, very good. And like, you know, to hear them say that about a guy in Sajulayev's bracket, it's like, man, you know, you kind of kept your eye on him a little bit, but still, like, you just thought, ah, you know, what the heck, Sajulayev and Snyder, no one could touch those guys. I mean, and it's it's one of the craziest two rounds of wrestling because the Snyder match was total shock and awe. Like, even at the end of that first period, Snyder's down. Looks like he's in on an outside single and he gets thrown through again for, for more points. And he gets teched in the first period. Mm-hmm. Like, and you could see Snyder like actually like crying. Like he was just totally shocked by it. The next yeah. round, Tajisinov, T-A-Z-H-U-D-I-N-O-F. I don't know. He has it's, like a weird, it's a weird letter, man. It's not there's no real English words. It's like Tajikinov. He has Sajalayev, which you're thinking, all right, he's got the tank. The tank's going to win. Snyder's out. We got to qualify the Olympics. Like we, we're not going to qualify the Olympics. This guy yeah. beats, and, and also, very rarely do we see a former Russian like beating a Russian, right? Like, I feel like, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there's any foul play or what, but like the bag wasn't dropped in the guy's room and he didn't get the message. He goes out there, puts it on Sajalayev, and then Sajalayev forfeits at the end of the match. Ben Askren said it's like our no mas moment from Roberto Duran and uh, Sugar Ray Leonard, yeah. but it's like you knew Sajulayev was injured. He had the surgery to repair some things, but forfeiting the match. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's 
it's kind of weird because it's like you expected them almost to take it like there to be that conversation of like, hey, we could put the American out right now, you know, like with this. But that kid's personal coach for Bahrain is Sajalayev's personal coach. When Sajalayev was kind of at his best, he's got this skinny guy that from Dagestan. I don't know his name, but he's kind of his guy behind the scenes. He's at most of the worlds for him. So I figured like maybe something like that would happen. I don't know. Like I didn't know. Didn't know what would happen. You know, you saw you saw the emergence, like you said, of a guy that's, you know, it's exciting to have because I think, you know, looking at Snyder, I think this is this is something that's he can fix a position that he's kind of not that's kind of bit him in the butt that head outside position a couple times, and you know, I think it's it's going to be fun and interesting to watch in the next Olympics. So hopefully, Sajulayev is there. I heard he got surgery or something. Got surgery. Look, and it's like at this point. Do the Russian coaches not say, hey, we want this guy to come back from Bahrain and wrestle for Russia? Or is that done deal when that happens? You, you can't you, go back. I mean, you can. I think there's a procedure to go back, but it's going to – there's like a bunch of money that takes place. And there's like a – like once you leave and you wrestle for another country, I know that it's it's pretty hard to get you back. So I think he's just gone, you know. And, I mean, their, their second guy behind Sajulayev is decent. I mean, he's a decent guy. He's, he's actually the guy that wrestled heavyweight at the 2021 Olympics. So I imagine maybe you'll see him come down. I'm not 100%. Like, they're, they, yeah, it's right. You wish, I bet they wish they had him back for Weird. sure. Weird. I mean, think of, I mean, think of, I mean, the U.S., we're complaining about it now for the first time ever this year, but think about Russia. You got, um, Musakayev, former Russian, he would have won. You know, it's like mm-hmm. uh, this Bahrain guy. I mean, it would be weird to say, like, let's say this guy becomes the best wrestler ever. It would be very odd to say that the best wrestler ever is from Bahrain. Like, that's just weird to say that, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's be a, yeah. it's odd to me. I mean, to me, the best ever is Satiev. And I'm sure he could have wrestled for any one of these republics, but like, I don't know. It's just it's just an odd odd thing. But either way, this guy rolls. Sajulayev comes back for bronze. Sajulayev and sorry, Snyder comes back for bronze. Sajulayev and Snyder they actually meet for third and fourth, and Sajulayev forfeited. Which, if that would have wrestled, that would have been awesome. Um, it's just a crazy that 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 weight really shook things up. That was that was insane. Yeah, it kind of you just felt like you're in disbelief. You know what I mean? Like when <laughs> Snyder got beat, it was like. We're just kind of sitting around quiet, like, what the heck did we just see? And then the and Iranian then and Sajulayev. Like, okay. I forgot about that yeah. match. That oh, match was freaking stepped, crazy, too. Stepped over and pinned him with like, you know, hit him with like nine different good attacks and then stepped over and pinned him. Yeah. Because like, He's, I just, everyone kind of felt, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but like, everyone kind of felt like the match between Sajulayev and the Bahrainian kid was maybe not going to be on the up and up. Maybe it wasn't going to be that competitive. So you didn't really mm-hmm. didn't know what was going to happen. But when Sajulayev almost lost to the Iranian, that was a dogfight match. That was actually like coming down to the end. Sajulayev was losing that and just steps over. I like, got, that was crazy. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same guy that Snyder was losing to, you know, short time left too. So, I mean, that really like, thinking about like before the bracket, you got to be thinking about like, before the tournament started, you got to be thinking that maybe Snyder, his path on the backside may go through this Iranian if he loses, you know? So like, you're not a lot of people. And I say a lot, I'd say almost 99% of the world probably wouldn't even have put this Bahrain kid even in the the equation, but he'll, ne- he'll never come out of the equation. Now he's in it forever. So he's special. 
Yeah. I know. I just realized the time. I know I've kept you so long here, so we're going to buzz through this. Heavyweight, man, you got to tip your hat to Mason Paris, man. What a performance. Yeah, it was it was it was touch and go in those first couple of rounds. Like there was like the Chinese guy, he got forward like with like short time, but then he had to wrestle back through. And you know, that I think he was supposed to wrestle the Mongolian who'd gotten beat by the Chinese guy. We weren't I'm not can't, that can't Chinese dude was huge. Huge, huge. And I mean, this is a guy he had beaten. He had his first two matches, like he beat that Chinese guy I know in Hungary and he beat the Italian Cuban guy that he wrestled before him, and he beat them both pretty handily in Hungary, but then this tournament looked a little shaky, like going yeah. into the, into that next round. So, I mean, he, he wrestled great. You know, I think he knows right now that he's right there with the best in the world. And, you know, he lost in the semis. I don't think it's going to bother him too much. And Dude, he was shooting low. He was shooting singles. Like he was in practice. Like he was like, just, I'm like, dude, you're up four. quit going under the guy, but he was just going. I mean, the guy's a guy's a beast. And, you know, in the semis, had you know one of the best ever in Gino and had him right to the end and made a mistake and would have won that match. I mean, so you yeah, got. I think that's just expecting. You know, there's there's a time where you just expect to win. I think now he expects to win. Like he yeah. steps on that punch with the guy, and I mean, I think he's a he pinned Zari in the World Junior Finals maybe a few years ago. He's got an answer to Zari's underhook, which is Mason rare. Pin Zari. You know I, mean? yeah. I didn't know that. He pinned wow. him in the junior worlds. I, I think it's junior. So, I mean, but it's an answer. He's got that sweep that comes off of an underhook, you know, and Zari just doesn't see that very much. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to lose, but I think I think if I was Mason Paris, I would have a lot of confidence oh, yeah. right now. He could be an Olympic next. champ. Absolutely. He could Absolutely. be in a – do you think Gable's wrestling in the 2024 Olympic trials? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think he is because why wouldn't he now? You know what I mean? Like I don't, I don't understand what happened. I have no information. Just my gut instinct is, is he's he's on to professional wrestling right now. And but I heard he's coming back from Minnesota on a big NIL yeah. deal. I don't know. I know. I know. That? Where'd you hear that? Where'd you hear that at? The interweb. Yeah. The, <laughs> the internet tell you that. Interweb. <laughs> I don't yeah, understand no. what is happening though. He's not in WWE. Like he's not really wrestling though in WWF. Like I don't get it. Like. Oh man, it's, it's just my gut instinct. Like I felt like this done. was such yeah. an easy, like he could show up, you know, when, you know, do, do a great job. And then he just wasn't. So I feel like if it was this easy, they're, they're going to look and poo poo like a college situation and maybe like an Olympic run. I'm not, I don't know what, I don't know what the situation is. I got no background information, but my gut instinct tells me let's get on the Mason Paris, you know, bandwagon. Cause he's our guy. In the history of USA wrestling, have you ever seen someone voluntarily give up a spot on the world team outside of injury? Never. Like I've that's never seen crazy. That. It doesn't yeah. even. It's hard to wrap your head around it. Um, okay, Mason gets it done. Fifty-seven. Our man Zane, obviously not the results you wanted. How'd you feel about his warm up, his preparation, and his performance for this tournament? Yeah, everything was great. I mean, going into the tournament, you know, I think. Uh, he didn't have a bad match. I think everything other than the match was awesome. Was as mm -hmm. good as it could be. I think he was wrestling as good as he could be. It's just he had a me mediocre match at a bad time. You know, I think uh, strategy wise he had a good strategy. I think wrestling wise he was wrestling at a, at a pretty high level at that point. It's just, yeah, no, he had a, he had a he had a bad match. And I mean, 
he wins that match. He, he, the Iranian that wrestled in the next round, he had teched him. So I think getting through that first round, that guy was a Euro champ from this year. And really U23 world champ. I mean, that, yeah, that guy was Euro champ. That's like the European champion this year. So, and then he was also the U23 world champion. So, I mean, he's, he's good, but he's kind of tricky. He gets you caught in this underhook. It's like a, doesn't, it's got a great arm throw, but I don't think he was going to arm throws. I think Zane just kind of spent too much time in his one position. So, I mean, I think it's like anything else, you know, we are, you know, we're witnessing Zane's best wrestling. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer as a Christian that all things happen for a reason. And the fact that he lost here is going to, you know, make him progress in ways that he wouldn't have progressed anyways. So I think, uh, you know, he's, he's going to know how to wrestle that position a little bit better and just kind of handle the adversity of the match. So I'm happy it, with him, happy for him. So if he wins that, game. he wrestles the Iranian who he had teched. He attacked him. Just a great matchup for Zane. Young kid, you know, isn't super strong. And then he was going to have Albakarov in the semis, who he's been really competitive with. He gets gets out of his two-on-one pretty easy and was excited for that match and just didn't 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 play out. So I mean it's it's one of those things that just turn the page and move on and you know move on with the belief that you know all things happen for a reason and you know there's there's uh there's brighter days ahead. Well, man, to have an Illinoisan representing us and obviously how close you guys are, it was it was an honor to watch him compete. Let's not forget the great Henry Cejudo, 2007, went 0-1, 31st in the world. 11 yeah. months later, he wins the whole thing. So it it can happen. We know it can happen. I just want to – got a couple quick ones to hit you with. Next steps for Zane and all the guys who didn't qualify the weights. Is there a Retzeloff? When's the Pan Ams? What's that process? So kind of their their year probably looks like this. They're all going to the Pan American Games probably next month. It's kind of a dog and pony still style tournament. There is some points that are involved. I'm not 100% what that means as far as seeding for that Olympic qualifier. Um, but I, it's not I the Olympic qualifier. It. It's not the Olympic qualifier. It's the Olympic Games. It's like, a you know, they'll have a camp in Colorado. Then they'll, they'll head to that it's a competition against a lot of the Pan American people that are, you know, that are okay. Roman Bravo Young isn't in that bracket. I know that because he can't wrestle until February. So it's probably, you know, there's some there's some good guys, but it's more of like a like a dog and pony show, you know, type thing. So he uh he then will have a wrestle off with whoever wants to challenge. And there's three guys that could challenge him, and then there's two guys that could challenge Lee. Those are the only two guys for freestyle that will be wrestling at the Olympic game qualifier at the beginning of March. I believe that's the first of March. So end of February, 1st of March. I can't, yeah, so I'm, I, I, I'm confusing on the dates. Okay. So, so they've got to have a wrestle off at some point. If somebody wants to challenge them, it may be that no one wants to challenge and you just are the guy going there and you know, right. I don't know how that works, but I know fix Gilman Vito. and uh, Vito can all challenge Zane and Rutherford and Yanni can challenge Lee. Got and it. I'm not sure out of that bunch who, who's going to do what, but you know, so the Pan Am qualifier, in March. So then what do you have to do there? Win it? So I believe you have to make the finals. Okay. So if you make it, cause there's two that come out of the weight, um, you have to make the finals. So, I mean, there's good guys that'll be in those brackets. I mean, 65 will have, have some good guys. I mean, Austin Gomez will be in that bracket. You know, we got, you know, uh, obviously we talked about Roman Bravo Young, which honestly, you know, we'll see how he is at 57. We haven't seen that. So, I mean, I've, does Cuba's got any so studs? Familiar. They they didn't wrestle anybody at the world at 
that weight. They have a Toby Air at the Worlds, in, or they had Toby Air at 65, not at 57, that, that Ortega guy that hasn't been wrestling. I'm, you may see him. You may not. You know, you, for these guys, like, they're good because they control the controllables, right? So, like, you, if you're Zane or you're Nick Lee, you can't worry about who's going to challenge you or who's going to do this or what the next year looks like. It's like, what do you do today? What do you do tomorrow? What, what's kind of the overall plan for the next, you know, few months and you know, make all the pieces fit together? Yeah. Last question for you. We haven't hit on Grucko. I know you're a Grucko diehard. First of all, congrats on your on your son, man, this summer. Like, wow. That that was fun to watch, man. That was that was special. Your kid's an animal. And uh we got Zach Bronagle uh-huh. representing the red, white, and blue. And he lost to an Olympic champion, correct? Yep. So Zach has lost two matches in the past, I don't know, four months. And they both one to the guy who won the weight below him. This time he dropped down, was Olympic medalist, now world champion, two-time world champion. And then you end up wrestling the, <laughs> the past Olympic champion, world champion. Both those matches were really close. He lost two to one the first time, and then this one was five to one. It really came down to kind of one position. So Zach's progression in the sport, I'm really happy with. You know, I think the this world championship had so many guys. Like we talked about 65 kilo freestyle, 87 kilo Greco was way worse. They had nine Olympic world Olympic or world champions in the same bracket. Like it's, it's crazy. Like what? it's, yeah, no nuts, nuts. Like match after match was just Jeez. hard. Like it didn't matter where you are in the bracket. Like no, bre- no, no quarter was easy. Everything was difficult. I think that that's, you know, it's something he got a lot of experience and he's going to come out of it really, really in a good spot. So I'm happy, happy for him. Does he have um, eligibility left for the Illini? Yep. yep. How many years? He's got another year, man. Could see him in the civilized this year. Could see him next year. He has ability to Olympic red shirt. You know, can't say one way or the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Hey, I think about all these guys who could Olympic red shirt. Vito could, right? Fix could. Man. And I don't don't think they all will. Like, I think it'll be one of those, like, cloak and dagger type things. You know something. You know something. The other one will be like, then the (laughs) the other one will be like, all right, I'm wrestling. Because this guy's not wrestling. Who knows? We'll see. The last thing I was going to ask you is outside of uh, everything we've talked about of the guys who are at the non-Olympic weights, what were your thoughts on where they're going to go? We've kind of hit on it. You think Vito could go up or down Zane. I don't know how we can go down and then chance sounds like he's going up. And then Zahid, he's obviously going to go down to 86. It, I mean, we still got Cox on the wings too. I mean, I'm sure we'll see him this year. Yeah. yeah you know, no, I mean, I mean that's it's going to be exciting. I mean, the Olympic trials are always exciting, but you know, next year's like the 57 kilo bracket's going to be crazy. The 65, all of them are going to be nuts. So absolutely, it'll be, it'll be good for the sport of wrestling. So absolutely insane. Wow. Well, man, Coach Medlin, this is fun to talk about. This was a proper deep dive, and we went uh, yeah. uh we went deep here. So I I can't wait for. Just this, this next 11 months, we got NCAAs, we got Olympic trials, we've got the Olympics. Like, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. There's going to be so many big tournaments coming up. What's like open in December? You got the open in December. You got Bill Farrell coming up next, you know, next month and a half. You're going to have these Pan American games. You're going to have the open in December. You're going to have that Olympic qualifier. Some like you're going to have a lot of freestyle on your plate. Whereas usually, you know, it's just some overseas tournament with bad, you know, Wi Fi. So do you think it'd be cool? We're going to do good. Will we see any new guys for team Russia at the Olympics outside of who we saw here? Or do you pretty much think Agoyev, 
I don't know, 65, 74, we know, 86, kind of a question mark, 97. I mean, they got a lot of holes, man. How did I say 97, it? Yeah, 97, you know, depends on what that surgery is like. Like, you could see, I think their heavyweight could be different. I think their 97 could be different. I think their 65 could be different. You know, 57's got, they've got a really good guy that's coming up that's young. So, I mean, with the Goyev kind of looking a little question mark, you know, he was struggling with his weight. I think, I think you could see this go by of in pretty quick he's going to be at u23 so you see him at u23s if he does if he starts murder he looks just like kudakov he wrestles just like kudakov really like his, his idol and wow. he's, he, his style is fun to watch like he's fun he's going to be a fun one to watch so Do we'll think, see i don't know i don't dude i, don't I was know. i put my foot in my mouth i know you got to go i literally though i tweeted Ogoyev pound for pound one of the best in the world and then he ends up losing the match to to, yeah. to uh to Michik. but I was like dude he was he's so freaking good and he looks intimidating like Ogoyev is not someone I'd want to wrestle do you think no, and then the, he lost out Bakarov he lost for yeah. bronze too so I mean Crazy. it's he's losing to like former Russians too so there's to that do you they think the 61's coming down for Russia no the guy who beat I, saw, Vito? I saw him once no he'll go up he'll go up so then I mean he may be the guy See, I know he's coming. I actually saw him at 57 once, and it was, it looked like, it was crazy looking. Like he should not be at 57. It would be, it would be bad, like ethics to let him do it to his body. (laughs) He's so skinny. Man. Well, coach, I'm so excited right now. I always feel pumped up after talking to you, but we'll have you back on in a, maybe four months here as we do like a check-in in January and freestyle, then we're heading into the thick of it, baby. So it's an honor to have you on, man. Thank you. Excited, man. Thanks. Thanks as always. Your, uh, your passion for wrestling is much appreciated. Thanks for listening to this episode of wrestling changed my life. This episode was brought to you by our friends at cause match. They're an online peer to peer crowdfunding platform. And if you're looking to supplement your fundraising efforts, this wrestling season Go to causematch.com slash wrestling. That's causematch.com slash wrestling. We'll see you next time on a new episode of Wrestling Changed My Life.